Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, welcome to the show, Gearheads. We watched the Formula One Dutch Grand Prix, and we actually have somebody waiting on the line right now that I want to talk to because Andy P is the McLaren fan extraordinaire. So, Andy, uh, we were wondering what the heck was the the smoke in your man Ricardo's car, and why did it go away? Uh, well, okay. Well, first off, uh, I thought I just got called out by Jonathan there earlier. <laughs> oh, I figured I had to chime in. You did. Yeah, you um, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the Daniel smoke has happened a couple of times. I think there was a race in Austria where you know that had happened as well, and it kind of clears up. Um, so I wasn't super worried because the engineers, at least pre-race, weren't super worried about it. I mean, I know they, they, they broadcasted the Russell call, but it looked like whatever it was either corrected itself or they managed it enough so that it didn't hinder his race too bad. Okay. Well, that, that, I, as long as you weren't worried, Andy, that's all I was worried about. Well, I was concerned. <laughs> I mean, it's never good to see smoke coming out of a car, but um, the fact that the team wasn't reacting super bad or, or super panicky uh, you know, told me that at least was manageable with nothing else. But Andy, why such a, a, a woeful weekend, given what they've done in the last few Grand Prix, where certainly Lando, I know I know Ricardo's continued to struggle, but, you know, it, it just seemed like an off weekend for the whole team. Well, I, I don't think this is a circuit that suits the characteristics of that car. The, the McLaren car this year has done really well in what I like to call, like, point-and-shoot track, mm-hmm. um, tracks with long straights, big DRS help, uh, you know, where they can take advantage kind of of the Merck power unit. Um, this was very twisty, very low speed corners, a lot like kind of Hungary. Um, I had always kind of pegged these two tracks, like here's where Ferrari's going to probably come good. You know, the fact that we didn't get a race last week in Belgium, I thought McLaren would have done really well, even without the wreck. Um, but now we flip it, as far as I'm concerned, now we go to Monza, I think Ferrari will struggle. I think McLaren will do well. And this third place, 
is just going to go back and forth, back and forth, all the way to the end. Yeah. Well, what did you? Um, I mean, what did you think of of the of the comments we were talking about, where some of the crowd was saying this is fantastic, and other people were saying it's processional. Well, there's. I mean, the race itself, it was kind of more Spain-esque in terms of the strategy. Mm. There were different racing lines that were available, but I think this breed of car was a bit too wide. You saw some of the aero restrictions that you see, because you could catch, but it was really, Mm. really hard to overtake today. I want to see this track with the 2022 spec that they're working on, Mm. with the ground effect and the better aero, because I think this place could put on one heck of a show, because you've got all sorts of different lines, and you got to put the DRS in the bank corner at 14. You have to do that. And what about the banking in general? Um, I mean, obviously it's beautiful, and it gave us a couple of overtakes, like you mentioned, Les. Uh, I liked you, it. But, yeah, what do you think, Andy? Oh, I love the banking. I, I think it, it – I actually get a bit of, of NASCAR, like, Charlotte Roval-esque vibes mm-hmm. out of here. Where, like, if you – like I said, if you could just fix some of the aero deficiencies, make it a, a little easier to overtake – the turn three, that's an opportunity where you could see two distinct racing lines. Mm. Turn 14, you could see distinct racing lines. Um, this track has a ton of potential going for it. And I love, I actually really do like what they did to it to make it uh, look fun. Absolutely. When you're there in person, you really see that it's it's very roller coaster like, uh, as many have said. And the beach environment, uh, the dunes, I mean, that beachfront extends well past the track going inland. And so that's also something that's just really interesting and visually different than we're usually dealing with in that manner. I'd like to see more banking added maybe in a couple other turns. Huh? There you go. Let, let's you know. this. I think this is the first race in recent memory for me where I think the drag reduction system was less important in terms of getting overtakes than tire life and tire condition. Huh? Like the old days. Yeah, because tires, yeah, you know, were such a question mark coming in. You know what you have with the DRS, but the tires were so critical to this race, and we saw it over and over again that a, that, you know, a car with a tire advantage um, had a pretty easy time of, of making an overtake with or without DRS. Yeah, and Jensen made a point, which was all three tires worked. Remember, um, uh, Hamilton was on used mediums, and in the end, Verstappen was on hard, which is why I think they felt so comfortable at the end there. Um, is yeah. that it didn't matter what he was on. He was on rails. Yeah, that is interesting. It, that it didn't even matter. Well, you never go for the hard. I mean, you know, the hard option is rarely used um, unless you're going for a one-stop or a long, long stint. Uh, right. And it didn't seem to matter today. I saw a good yeah. tweet by Woodsy as he goes by. Let me look that up because he was talking about the fact that the uh, that they didn't have any tired data. You know, right, true. All, all of this you know, I'm going to undercut, overcut. We didn't know what was going to happen. And I thought that was really good where he was saying, basically, we don't have an, a, enough of this data. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. I don't know that they did. Did, did Pirelli do any serious tire testing at this track? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not, I, I can't know. remember. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be a, a special spec of tire and then they abandoned it. Ah. Uh, they were going to do it last year and then they abandoned it for this year. Of so course. Because yeah. regular yeah. hard tires. Yeah. We missed a year, of course. I still think they just need to pick three compounds for the entire season and roll with it. Hmm. For every track, you mean? No, just these are the three for 2022, and that's what they're going to be at every track. Yeah, and they will be that way. For every track, you get the same three compounds. I I would like that. 
It must yeah. have been. I think that's an operational efficiency move. And, you know, and honestly, it's still going to maintain strategy. Why not? Because mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't see any value to that. What's that, Andy? I said it would certainly cut down on cost. Yep. Yeah. And they're always looking to do that. Yeah. I don't. I just don't think there's a benefit to having the whole color spectrum of tires. Hey, Andy P., what do you think about Botas? I saw one of your tweets about uh, about Botas and Mercedes. What do you think? Uh, if this isn't like confirmation that you know, I, I that, that that's not going to keep going. I don't know what else is. I mean, they literally <laughs> made him the sacrificial lamb today. And, I mean, he did his best to, to try to keep up with it. I thought that the part at the end where he wasn't trying to set the fastest lap but set the fastest lap uh, was actually kind of funny. But, uh, I mean, Lewis went out and kind of made that irrelevant anyway on the last lap. So, yeah, it, it's looking like, say, the complete for, for Valtteri and Mercedes. Um, the issue with him is, is what I always come back to, he never sent it. He never took a risk or was willing to, to not finish a race in order to win a race. And to be a world champion, you have to have that in you a little bit. You can clearly see Max and Lewis both have that in them, and that's why they're, they're in this titanic fight. I'll say this about, I, I thought today, the fact that the top three cars were the only cars on the lead lap at the end. I mean, they lapped all the way up to fourth place. Yeah. Botas yeah, that was, is, that was crazy. Botas is clearly a huge asset in that car, you know, and would uh, look at what Perez is doing with arguably as quick a car as the Mercedes. He's struggling and qualifying. He's having to come from the back in races. Whereas Botas, you know, hasn't had the best start to this year. In fact, it's been the worst year of his career with Mercedes thus far in 2021. And yet he is providing the kind of support for his championship contending teammate and a championship contending team that you want from a number two driver. So are we uh, said, uh, are you basically saying that uh, it's status quo then at Mercedes? They're going to keep Botas? Well, I don't know what's going on in Toto Wolff's head, but you could do a lot worse than Botas in that car. Now, obviously, there's other considerations that come into it. Uh, among them is the fact that Botas wants to be a team leader. He wants to be a number one. And if he's not willing to accept the number two role, I'm not sure George Russell is, but you know, that's just another of the considerations you need to have. But I think what Botas showed today, including taking that fast lap on fresh tires, um, showed that uh, Mercedes could do a lot worse than him for next year. And he has Lewis's support. So, How about putting do? Russell in the in, in uh, the McLaren instead of uh, Ricardo, who hasn't got to grips with him? Put him in the, McLaren, put him in the uh, Aston Martin. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> put him in Mercedes' car. Yeah. So that would then leave, uh, well, could leave George Russell at Williams then. Could. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Was yeah. anybody surprised to see, knowing Red Bull's reputation, to see Perez sign the new contract for next year? No. Actually, Surprised no. that he was asked to or that he did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the I question. Did. Yeah, really, that's the better question. I, I, you know, they just, he hasn't performed like you said. Really? No, but it hasn't been a Ricardo situation. I think he has. He's had some bad luck, and I think Perez, on his best day, is as quick uh, as anybody else in that car. So I think, you know, what do you bring Album back? Do you what do you you know do, do you bring Gasly? one of the juniors? Ga- Gasly. Well, that's would, my point. Yeah, Gasly would be the choice, but it's almost like they're going backwards. Uh, I mean, you know, they've messed about with Kvyat and learned from that one. Um, Gasly has been. Gasly phenomenal. has been. Oh, that's, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that that was my whole point is that he has been. 
So anyway, uh, hey, Andy, Pete, thanks, buddy. You've given us a lot of your time. We really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, anytime. And uh, here's hoping. Uh, just a quick question. Sure. I, I know I saw F3 drop from Coda earlier. Yep. And I was just wondering, I just wanted to double check with you guys because you guys are on the inside of this. We're still all full go for Austin, right? Oh, yeah, baby. Austin Mayor. Uh, we, we had the mayor of Austin on. We, uh, we've gotten, I mean, the new calendar's out. Uh, and, in fact, uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to do a break. We're going to talk about it. But the COVID case, uh, the, the, the chart is on the way down here in Austin. Uh, you can't go out in Austin without seeing masks anymore. I think everybody just wants the Formula One race. I think that's really reason yeah, yeah. why. And MotoGP. And MotoGP, that's true. Yeah, and Andy, well, to give well, you, yeah, Andy, give you a status quo. Yes, F1 to come October 23rd and 4th, um, but not a second race. Uh, FIA F3 won't be coming, but we think the W Series will be coming, and F4 Americas will be coming, and there may be a chance of FR Americas because of that. Who knows? And I tell you what, folks, if you don't already have your tickets, you better log in maybe even before the show's over. This thing is closing out, selling out like mad. And uh, it, it's not easy right now. I've already heard folks not being able to get the tickets they usually get. Or so, if you want to call 512-643-5483, maybe we'll give away a pair of tickets today. Maybe you, we will. <laughs> you salty old dog. <laughs> uh, are you coming down, Andy? Oh, yeah, I'll be coming down for sure. Um, we got a... I got a whole big contingent that, that's going to come down with me this year. So that's why I was a little nervous when I saw that F3 announcement. But uh, I think you guys have, have calmed me down a little no, bit. No, that, that F3 <laughs> announcement. Yeah, don't worry about Austin. That F3 announcement, we tweeted about it yesterday. Let me see if I can find it. Because they were saying it's essentially it was a cost and logistics. Yeah, and- they're going to Sochi with F2 uh, as well. So they'll probably literally load the F2 and F3 together. Um, and I think that's probably the main reason. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks very much, guys, and you have a great rest of your Sunday. All right, thanks, Thank Andy. You, Andy. And Cheers, happy Labor Day. Well, let's get a break in, and when we come back, we'll continue that discussion. We'll talk a little bit more about Austin and lots more about Formula One. You listen to Speed City Live from Austin. Back after these messages. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dayanese leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we were talking about these F3 drivers and now F3, FIA F3, the big boy F3, how they're not coming to Austin, but... There are there were five Americans. We talked about this in the pre-show, but there were five Americans, and Bob dug them up. But I'll I'll read your text, Bob. It's Juan Manuel Correa, who of course we know who was up in Formula Two, had the big crash at Spa. But then there's Jack Crawford, Kalen Frederick, Logan Sargent, Hunter, and Hunter Yanni, who we've had on the show before. Yeah, sixteen year old kid. We have five Americans, guys. We're stacking the deck. Come on, somebody get and in. And then there. we had, of course, Kyle Kirkwood on the show. What last week? Last week so yep. yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty, plenty of Americans. Of Americans, and then bring the Fiddy Paldies in because they are American. And uh, well, and, that's a good comment. What's it going to take for them to actually punch into the F1? Got to have the points. Well, Kirkwood put put in a, a good point, which super is license. he doesn't have the super license points, which is one. Uh, right. And I told him to go to the Toyota series, which is, again, going to be off. They're just going to the Grand Prix, so that's a shame. Uh, if you didn't know that, there is no Toyota racing series. So those points have gone for potentially people like Kirkwood and several others. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with Kirkwood on this, is that you have to be a bit like Pietro and Enzo were, which is over in Europe racing. Have a Fittipaldi last name. Yes, yeah. and that would help. But Logan Sargent is the most likely, I think, both from backing and from time in Europe and noticed by the sort of, you know, the powers that be. That mm. seems the obvious one. Plus, doesn't do any harm that he's from Boca Raton or from Florida. Mm, yeah. And uh, they come into Miami next year, so um, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, as when we met with the uh, mayor of the Miami Gardens community, said, you know, you've got some names right here mm. in the neighborhood to uh, help promote this event. So stay tuned on some updates on the Miami GP. Well, there's one update that came out this week. They have the official name for the circuit, and I'm waiting for the page to load, and I'll tell it's you. It's the Miami Automobile Autodrome, right? It's something, International Autodrome. It's something like that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the Miami yeah, International it's Autodrome, autodrome yeah. is what it is. Yeah, so that came out this week. So that's. But let's go back to something else. Andy P said he was worried. Is Austin going to happen? Is Austin going to happen? How many okay. people have we had... Well, everybody we've talked to, like we said, the mayor, uh, everybody at Circuit of the Americas. I mean, they're they're bugging us this week about what to do for our credentials, and there we are full speed ahead here in Austin. And our producer has done something nice for me. He has dug up 
the chart. I I will take some credit because when this about three weeks ago, when this curve we're, we're looking at, if you're not if you're just listening, but we're looking at the seven day moving average of COVID cases in Austin, Texas, not in Texas. Uh, sorry, hospitalizations in Austin. And we're not talking about Texas. We're not talking about the United States. We're talking about Austin, Texas. And the curve started bending about three weeks ago. And we were talking about the two previous peaks that we had earlier in the, this year and then last year and the, how the shape of them always looked the same. Well, they uh, once again, the shape looks identical and it's moving down just as fast as it was moving up. And I thought about it again last night. I had to run over to the grocery store and get something. And every single person in the grocery store was wearing a mask. I mean, Austin is is uh, is very, very cognizant of this. And uh, just like before, Texas was raging with it. Austin was moving down. It's happening again. So uh, I don't think we have any concern. No, uh, I brought up the point that um, I think we'll have a different kind of crowd this year, though. Um, because obviously travel for fans worldwide is hard. Uh, we might see the Dutch guys going over there, but I, I don't expect to see 20,000 Dutchmen here supporting Verstappen simply because they're not going to be allowed. You know, you have to have special visas now. You have to be work. You can't just, you know, run around the world at the moment in, the, in this current climate. Or there are certain countries are, you know, letting people in. Certain people aren't. You know, they're red countries, as they call them. Um, and so there's, a, there's still a lot of uh, situations where people can't travel as freely as they might have used to. So the yeah, crowd that we US get. Yeah. yeah, and the, the U.S. US is definitely one of those. EU list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Austin actually has a very high vaccination rate, and so that's also playing in. Yes, and that's so, the obvious one. Yes, you're yeah. absolutely right, Les, that we should bring that up because we do have a high vaccination rate. So, But all uh, the fans in those big grandstands are not going to be coming necessarily from Austin. Yeah. Elsewhere in Texas and elsewhere in the world where, uh, you know, preventative measures are not being taken seriously, and that's uh, that's a concern. Yeah. And good point, Bob, because to that topic is because if you look at what, like what Jonathan was saying, there's travel limited in, but mm -hmm. we're all sold out. So could this be a very, very heavy American crowd this year versus yeah. prior years? Absolutely. Let me ask you guys this. Since you guys all live in Austin, do you know if CODA is planning any kind of checks at yes. the door for vaccination and mask and whatever? I don't know for sure, but I said yes because when we asked the mayor of Austin last mm. week, uh, he said, I asked him that question because ACL, you know, the other, you may have heard of that <laughs> huge festival that's going to happen the same weekend as MotoGP. They announced that they were going to require either a proof of a vaccination or proof of a negative test within 72 hours of the first day, I guess, or maybe the day you come to the door because yeah. it's two weekends. But, but yes, the mayor, t you know, suggested that not, you know, that's going to, we haven't talked to Coda about that, but. Uh, Bobby, well, when you, we talked to Bobby, we had Bobby on the show not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Bobby was, Epstein. Yeah. yeah, Bobby Epstein, the CEO of Coda. And he was he was talking about, hey, look, we need to be safe. So I would imagine they're going to require one of those. those it's, oh, those it's got to be. And and there's two things I'd mention. Obviously, there's a Billy Joel concert as well. And uh, that's going to be a... 21, what's the other other concert? 21 somethings? That's for the kids. But anyway, it's the other. It's the Friday night concert. You, you open yourself up for that one, my friend. <laughs> Pilots, I think. Yeah. over. 21 pilot. But, There's not anybody on this show right now. That, <laughs> that, you opened it up. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, I, I think they will. And obviously, from Bobby's point of view, um, I, you know, they have to to make sure that this event does go off well uh, because it could, you know, I, I mean, it could be 
so detrimental to the future uh, of events yeah. there. Uh, I think you made a very good point. October 3rd and 4th could well be a really interesting precursor to the Formula One event because we've got MotoGP, very similar situation mm -hmm. um, before Formula One gets hit. It is. My concern also with that is, that, well, here's what I think that weekend's going to show us is how Coda is managing the situation operationally. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I, I love watching, see how that plays out. So uh, we'll watch how that happens. My concern is the influx of international folks may actually kind of spur another surge a couple of weeks later which could tie into Formula One. But yeah. with all of the concerns and all of the appropriate precautions, I think that'll be minimized. Uh, we've seen them go, you know, go into a bubble type of situation. Uh, you know, so far we're expecting full credentials. So far we're expecting full credentials for the Speed City team, along with Mr. Andretti, Adam Andretti. But uh, yeah, anyway, there's some possibility there uh, in some of the other races, MotoGP has reduced how many press and media are in the area. And so we could get impacted by that. Yeah, very interesting indeed. I think MotoGP, uh, I hope it does go off as well as we hope. Um, but yeah, these are interesting times. Yeah, uh, there's also an interesting point that you guys know about the uh, the order from Greg Abbott, right? Uh, where if you get state funding, there's certain requirements. So this... Well, he has said no mask mandates. Um, he's mandated that, but people are ignoring it. So what you're saying that he might hold back the state funding? Yeah. So, uh, you know... Yeah, it's, it's, it's politics. Yep. Yeah. That's a little scary, but yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that the I, no, state I think funding it's worth didn't happen. It's, but it's that worth, was... Yeah, it's worth discussing. It's, it's a very important um, thing, which is, yeah... Um, this isn't, we ain't done with this by any means. And that's true of ACL. ACL, uh, which by the way is the same weekend or over two weekends, but same weekend as MotoGP, yeah. they have a mandate that you have to have proof of vaccination or a negative test within 72 hours. Uh, so, which has been the way for a lot of live concerts. Uh, will that be the way for Billy Joel? And if that's the way for Billy Joel, will it be the, surely the way for Formula One? And if that's the case, then it does come back to your to your Abbott uh, funding potential. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I was alluding to the fact that Coda missed out on that funding one year. Yeah. Actually due to... By not dotting the I's. Yeah. Administrative. Yeah. They didn't file it. They... Uh, they they gave the report, but they didn't do file the paperwork on the right day. Yeah, or something. supporting paperwork. And I related that. To, you know, I had a discussion with somebody. And I said that's like when you get pulled over and you don't have proof of insurance, but you do have insurance that you could that's go a to very the window. Good analogy, that's you could go happened. to the window and go, look, I got it. And you know what it was? This was the it was the sex trafficking report that big oh, that's right. big yeah. events right. that get state funding have to issue. But yeah. Yeah. hey, let's get back to racing because we have a caller on the line. We got twenty one pilots. <laughs> Well, it's, it's one of them. It's them going, who is that old who guy? Who mushed our band up? Yeah. We got, we got Mike from Tennessee. Mike, what's up, buddy? Oh, just, you know, in, enjoying from the one as you guys do. I wanted to uh, maybe get someone to speak on the ideas. We seem to be leaning towards talking about particular drivers. But uh, I want to know where Mercedes is on uh, coming back after the Red Bull. What, what, what lies in that? What? I got to see the first lap and a half, and then I had to listen to the rest of it. And it seemed to me that Max just, from takeoff, left the Mercedes quite 
quite admirably, and it seemed to me that I'm trying to figure out where is Mercedes with coming back to Red Bull. Well, yeah, I think you're right. Max was on the beach with his towel out by the fourth lap, <laughs> I think. I mean, look, we did we touched on this a little bit, Mike, but the bottom line is that Merce- uh, Red Bull is doing everything right now. Everything right. Yeah. Strategy, they've got reliability. Adrian Newey has a little to do with this. We got They've got a fantastic car. They've got a fantastic engine with Honda. They're ticking all the boxes. So it's not Hamilton just complaining. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Too. Go ahead, Bob. You got a spectacular guy behind the wheel of the car, well, yeah. too. And, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. You know, it, it, and I harp on this just about every week. We're also under the, the new for 2021 Formula One spending cap. Mm-hmm. And as Jonathan's referred to, we've got an all new from the ground up race car coming next year that these teams have to design and build. So your resources have to be allocated between this year's championship and creating these new cars for next year. So how do you do that? I mean, Haas hasn't spent a buck on this year's car and other teams are now joining them saying, okay, we're done. We've got to concentrate on next year. And Mercedes is among them. I don't know how Red Bull's getting it done, but they have a, you know, a couple of teams to spread the expenses over, but, um, it's, it's tough. It's a huge managerial challenge, I think, to figure out your budgets for this year and the cars that you're going to put on track next year. Mm, absolutely. I, I want to talk about next year. I want to talk about new engines coming soon, all of that. But we need to take a break. Let's get that break in now, and we'll continue our discussion after that. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Talk 1370. This segment of Speed City brought to you by Altstadt Brewery. Hello to everyone. This is Gunther Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. CrowdStrike was the MVP the, of last <laughs> weekend. Last weekend show. Yeah, I, yeah race leader multiple times. Uh, <laughs> You know. I tell you what, it's a pretty good driver. If you, if, yeah, if you get the, the two Mercedes and the safety car, you've got a pretty good bet of getting on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and driver of the day, too. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Bob, I don't know how much of that coverage you got to watch being uh, not with us last week, but, man, that CrowdStrike car, <laughs> that, that beautiful red Mercedes GT CrowdStrike car, their logo was on the screen for hours. It was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I was... Uh... I was busy with Fox coverage of the Extreme E Championship from Greenland, uh, and we had periodic lengthy breaks because we were waiting for feeds to come down internationally. And so we would, you know, lean over and, what's going on in the Formula One race? <laughs> behind the safety car. Well, it was supposed to start two hours ago. Yeah, they're still behind the safety car. You know, it was that kind of thing. Races still, yeah. What are the boys doing on uh, Speed City? trying to make sense of all of this. So yeah, we were, we were kind of tuned into what was going on, but it was, um, and how is the extreme championship? It's it's wonderful. You know, as I thought about that, listening to Jensen button doing commentary today, Yeah, he, Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg all have teams in this series for all electric 550 horsepower off-road dune buggies. Essentially they call them SUVs, but they're like nothing out there in your driveway, massive continental tires on these things. And they race in environmentally challenged places around the world, the deserts, the oceans. And uh, we were in Greenland for the first ever motorsports event of any kind in that massive and sparsely populated country. And we were on a river delta, essentially, uh, where the mighty Russell Glacier is, uh, is melting at a phenomenal rate. And that's the, that was the cause celeb for the weekend. But uh, it had a variety of surfaces. These cars are fast. The driver lineup is amazing. Nine-time World Rally Champion, Sebastian Loeb. Two-time World Champion, uh, Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz Jr.'s dad. Dad, yeah. Uh, 
a male and a female driver in each car. And, and the, the thing I'm most impressed with are these women. Jamie Chadwick drives in the series. Oh, Katie, yeah. Molly Taylor, who is the only Australian overall national rally champion who happens to be female. Um, Jutta Kleinschmidt, who was the only woman to win the overall at the Paris Dakar rally when it was the serious Dakar rally. So it's a great lineup. Uh, it's no holds barred. They just wall up these machines. And, and we had a great time. And thus far, um, Nico Rosberg's team has been, uh, has been leading. They won the first two races. Um, actually, Michael Andretti's team, uh, which he co-owns with, uh, with the folks at McLaren, uh, Andretti United, not McLaren, Zach Brown, I should say, um, they won the last race. So it's a great championship. There's two more rounds to go, one in Sardinia and an event still to be announced. And I'm really enjoying it, except for the fact that it takes me away from from Formula One coverage. Well, hey, how do, how do people watch it? It's on Fox, usually on FS1 or FS2. Um, we do a tape delay because the, the race days are very lengthy. They do multiple heats and a final and all that kind of stuff. So we cut it down to a palatable length. And usually our qualifying show airs on a Sunday morning and the, um, and the racing down to the final uh, in the afternoon. But it changes weekend to weekend based on where we are in the yeah, I find it very. Fun. I, yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched the first one. I loved it. Um, really interesting. And as you say, when you think about the names and the teams involved, yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's pretty. It's I think both. It's a worthy cause for one. Um, but it's a great yeah. new series. Not many new series can make it that way. We saw SRX recently on CBS, mm-hmm. um, which was you know it worked. Um, and but we'll see. It's hard to get a, a new series off the ground. Yes, it is. And that's one of the remarkable things about Extreme E, because the expenses are are somewhat high. Chip Ganassi has a team in the series, I should say. Uh, the series travels by a low-sulfur-fueled low uh, converted freighter, great big huh. ship, Helena. Um, the, the paddock area looks like a military bivouac. It's all temporary. You know, that's, they, they bring everything in, they take everything out. Um, it's a very advanced set of tents that house the teams and the television and the timing equipment, all the race cars and everything. It's really worth a look. Settle down, Hawkeye. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of electric, the... No! Well, no, no, no. Okay, good. The producer wasn't... He wasn't... Oh, no, I think he's he's about to do it. No! No. Speaking of electric, Austin... Yeah, it hurts right there. Uh, Austin has become, you might have heard of this small company called Tesla. They've moved to Austin and they're building the trucks here and others. But a whole bunch of companies have moved to Austin. It's become the electric vehicle capital of the world now. And the, at least that's what they're calling. But but there's a bunch. There's a bunch that have gone. There's a big trucking company that went public. There's a motorcycle off-road company that's doing electric stuff here in Austin. And so Austin has become this electric vehicle mecca mm. now. For okay. manufacturers, so that's going to be interesting. But I was thinking about when you said, as soon as you said extreme E, thing electric, I was thinking about Formula E, about how that's not looking so good right now. Yes, so. Go ahead, Bob. No, he was asking. No. He was because so. Well, you were, we, we, we were talking about this less the other day, where how manufacturers leaving the sport or the series? Well, Audi is leaving. They're moving on. Mercedes is going to be moving on. I mean, this is what manufacturers do. They come and they go. Um, so it wouldn't be a surprise if we went away from uh, a manufacturer-centered series, which Formula E has been from the beginning, and more toward a privateer series. But the you know, manufacturer is always going to be around. And again, it gets, comes down to 
to corporate budgets and marketing plans and what their goals are. Um, ironically, I think both Mercedes and Audi have pulled out of racing electric vehicles because they're devoting so many resources to building street vehicles powered by electricity. So and in WEC as well with uh, the hyper, you know, the hyper, hyper cars cars, as yeah. well. So I think their focus is elsewhere, as you say. By the way, connected to that story, one of the bits, if you like, um, which does involve Formula E is that Mercedes, Toto Wolff, feels somewhat uh, burdened, if you like, uh, to, to sort Nick de Vries out, who has won the world title in Formula E, uh, a du- right. another yep. very good Dutch driver. And how good, I really don't know, but he's certainly in the junior formula, um, des- is deserving, and he's beaten a very strong field again in, in Formula E, and he's now looking to try to get into the Williams seat, and Toto wants that because he's a Mercedes driver just as Botas is. So he's a factor in all of this sort of uh, silly season talk. Mm. Absolutely, he is. And I think he's probably the the favorite for that uh, for that William seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It, it, the most interesting thing to me, and we talked about this with regard to young drivers making their way up. Yeah, you have to be able to put up a lap time. You have to show that you can handle stiff competition on the tracks where Formula One races, and you do that through F3 and F2 and so on. Uh, but you also have to have that all important relationship with a manufacturer. It seems to me. And um, that's why hearing, uh, you know, uh, Alex Albon going from the traditional Honda relationship to a potential Ferrari relationship uh, sounds so strange in my ear because we're not used to seeing drivers, you know, leave the nest, as it were, the, the manufacturer that they've been dealing with for so long. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's very few seats out there, very few opportunities to make the move. So uh, that kind of a manufacturer relationship is critical and it's a very important decision if you decide you're going to switch for some reason. Unfortunately, Albon seems to be very much in demand. So, uh, hmm. you know, he, he may be able to punch his own ticket. Yeah, seen at an IndyCar race recently. Uh, another bit of uh, connected story to that. Uh, Indy now is becoming a great breeding ground for those that can't find a crowded mm-hmm. seat in F1. Callum uh, Eilat, who is the young uh, Brit coming up and has been, was beaten by Schumacher in F2 last year. He is the current reserve driver for Ferrari and the test driver for Alfa Romeo, I believe. But he will be racing for Junkers Racing in Indy next weekend. So that's another F1. I also saw Marcus Armstrong, uh, the Kiwi, who is another Ferrari junior, um, at Nashville IndyCar race. So maybe Indy is getting a lot of talent, i.e. I, Rosenquist, uh, Ericsson, uh, et, al, et al, as it were, uh, and Grosjean, Grosjean obviously. Um, I, I do think that um, they're just, you know, the junior programs are great, but when there's nobody, nowhere to put them, um, it kind of creates a bit of an issue because they're all kind of getting into a traffic jam when they get out of F2. Yep. And I'll throw in a conspiracy theory here. You mentioned all the Ferrari connections yeah. between those young drivers that are turning up at IndyCar races. And we know that Roger Penske, who owns the IndyCar series and Indianapolis Motor Speedway, has been dialing up Ferrari's phone number a bunch recently to try to get them to uh, to put their hat in the ring as a third engine manufacturer for IndyCar. There you go. Be- and then Liberty Media could easily have their third American Grand Prix. Hey, Bob, you were... Who else, who else sit and watch the race today and thought, what would IndyCars look like around this track? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I actually did, yeah. I th- it was a bit like Sonoma, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bob, you were out last week, but uh, we talked about, speaking of Andretti and Formula One, and talking about Michael, mm. 
talking about his interest in buying either Haas or Williams or somehow Alfa Romeo was one yeah, of them. Yeah, like yeah, Alfa Romeo. Um, yeah. How exciting would that be? Oh, and Michael told me I got I got roped into doing one of those hospitality interviews that we're all familiar with at Grand Prix. <laughs> And I found myself up there in the in the paddock club talking with Michael Andretti, having not prepared anything. So I just blurted out, "Michael, uh, you know, I'm sure you're enjoying yourself this weekend. What are your thoughts about bringing the Andretti name back into Formula One?" And he said, "This would have been, gosh, 2001, 2002." He said, "Oh, absolutely. I've been watching Formula One a long time. I drove in it. I'd love to have a Formula One team." So he's he's harbored that dream, you know, for about 15, 20 years now. And uh, I'm sure he would jump at the chance if it made sense from a business perspective. Doesn't do any harm that he has two Formula One drivers, potentially, in Alexander Rossi and Colton Herter. Yeah. 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 There's talent there. Hey, you know, hey. we, uh, we brought that up to him, uh, to his father, Mario, when he was here, when he was talking about we need an American team. This dates back to the mm -hmm. opening of CODA. Mm -hmm. And I uh, said, what about you? why not have an Andretti team? And he just, he just kind of shook his head. You know, I, I don't know if that is uh, relative to his place in the world now, age, et cetera, or if uh, there was some other indication, it's certainly a bigger budget than IndyCar has. Yeah. The Mario Andretti was... story hasn't kind of grown, has it? Sorry, Bob. Uh, what was, what was the question? The point? Well, uh, no, I was, I was just about to say that Andretti story since it broke. And I actually, because Adam Andretti was commentating with me and he goes, oh, you know, Michael, Michael's got something brewing. And then his story came out and I was like, ah, right, that's what it is. But I haven't heard anything since. No, nor have I. But as I say, you know, it's taken 20 years to get to this point for Michael. So, you know, he's, he's poised, but he's a smart businessman. Yeah. Um, you know, his brother, John, who we all miss terribly, uh, once told me, He's never seen Michael happier since he got out of a race car and became a, became a team owner, mm. entrepreneur, business dealer. Um, Michael just relishes that role. I think he'd love to expand his growing empire uh, in any direction. And certainly, you know, the top form of motorsport in the world would be a, a, a place for them to go. I was also happy to see Mario tweeting during the Grand Prix, because this, of course, is the track where Mario had his oh, famous yeah. oh, that's right. with James Hunt. Uh, back in 77, I think it was, they collided down there in the Tarzan corner, which looks just like it did today, um, and knocked Hunt out of the race. It was uh, huh. great to have Mario around to give us pr perspective and context in these kinds of situations when we well, get great old tracks back in the schedule. Let's mm -hmm. not forget in this whole topic about the AAC, the Andretti Acquisition Corporation, a new business yeah. entity formed by Michael Andretti, registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission with the goal of raising $250 million. million which dollarines. just happens to be the entry level to, or the entry <laughs> cost the into Formula One. Yeah, and you can even sponsor a radio show on the side. Hey! There you go. Now, now you've got Our your survey said. On. All right, we got to take a break. we got to get, speaking of uh, sponsorship, let's get a break in and we'll be back after these messages.
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Maybe Jay Leno could start an American Formula One team. He's got the bucks. Well, I just nobody can say our name like Jay. Well, that's because Jay was it's making Jay. fun of us. No, he wasn't. He was. Speed I know. City. I watch him. You know, Les knows. He was making fun of us because he'd never heard of us. Didn't this was back in like two, 2013? Yeah. Or, yeah, he was here with the uh, McLaren McLaren team. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, we were out there. McLaren was here in town. Uh, with one of their uh, legacy cars, and they came out, sat there. And, uh, Jay went out in some of the new street cars, was buzzing around. He said he was telling us about how good it feels going down the straightaway back there. Nice straightaway, stretch the legs of the McLaren, and you think you're flying, and then the F1. <laughs> well, you know, by him. you know why they had him out there, right? Because he mentions, if you ever watch his Jay Leno's Garage on YouTube, he mentions the McLaren P1 that he owns. Right. Or F1, excuse me. In every single episode. Feels like it. And, no, and, and it's become a running joke that he's a part of now. Yeah. So he, anyway, that's he's obviously a massive fan. And, Beat but, uh, City. <laughs> hey, guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstott Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer. And I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no 
no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special? The water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Alstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because, You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because obviously Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep, uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Hey, uh, Bob Varsha, you were talking during the break, and I, I hate to miss your, hate for the world to miss your nuggets of wisdom, uh, but you but you brought up something about Gary Anderson. He's great. He's a great follow on Twitter, but about what he said about the race today. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he basically said no red flags, no collisions, no virtual safety cars, no yellow flags. Of course, there was one very brief one, but who would have thunk it was basically what <laughs> Gary Anderson was saying. And I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, we, we said that you would have you would have bet money yeah. that you were going to see some kind of race delay during the day. But, you know, kudos to the entire field for that, that everybody behaved themselves. Everybody got their heads and their arms around the challenges that this track posed to a Formula One field, and uh, and they got the job done. I thought it was amazing. I think FOM said to everybody, hey, look, last week we had a debacle. Let's have a nice, clean yeah. clean race. Hey, uh, let me ask the producer if he has the clip of Jonathan's prediction. He, Ouch. Hey, I'm, I'm just joking. You won't have it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking, Jonathan. You no, said, but, I, mean, I agree with Bob. It is stunning because yeah, you, is. You, if Everyone. you watch free practice and qualifying and everything else, you'd have said this is going to be – this is all the strategy is going to go out the window, turn one. <laughs> but it didn't. You I know, just, but I think that was quite honestly, I think it's because that seems so obvious that everybody went in there pretty, pretty gingerly and, and soft yeah. with attitude. And uh, I think once they got through that and got through the first lap, which Max checked out, I mean, what was he, 1.7 ahead the by first the lap. first lap? Amazing. In but, the first lap, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of set the. Uh, Enough of the the stability or the, or the environment for everybody that hey the, you know this is a wicked track that'll you'll be off in no time, and I think that really kind of set it up is that everybody went in apprehensive. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear if any of the drivers have comments about the physical toll it took on them. You know, some mm -hmm. of the George Russell after qualifying was worried because they'd only done twelve consecutive laps in any practice, yeah. and now they were seventy two in the race. Um, I wonder if that contributed, maybe, if somebody, some of the drivers were a little concerned about physical stamina, so maybe they took it easy, shall we say, and that contributed to the fact that only the top three cars were on the lead lap at the end of the race. Who knows? We'll have to wait to hear from them. Yeah, Excellent they, point. They definitely talked about that during the, uh, during the weekend on Friday and Saturday. But, uh, what, and speaking of that, I was thinking about Kubica when we talked about the physical toll um, 
Well, he ended in 15th place. Look at the names behind him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Latify and Russell. Yeah. And Russell. <laughs> Latify. I don't know why I like to call him. And Russell. Yeah. <laughs> and Russell. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bob, you had mentioned something about the uh, the accusations against Mercedes. Well, yeah, I, I was thinking back to the comment from our listener about what Mercedes can do to come to terms with the apparent advantage of the Red Bull, uh, which made me think of that um, you know, super cooling of the air in the plenum that they mm-hmm. were uh, um, questioned about last week, uh, to the point that Mark Hughes, the esteemed Formula One writer, actually explained the story in, uh, in the Motorsport magazine. And then during qualifying on Saturday, we heard from Christian Horner on the Red Bull pit wall because he had contacted Michael Massey, the race director, to point out that Mercedes was doing something unusual with the tire warmers on their car, those electrified blankets. That's right. That bring tires up to close to their operating temperature. I wasn't quite clear on what they were what suggested they were doing, but I think he's, he meant they were leaving them on the tires longer than allowed, hoping to keep the pressures up, because the hot air is going to make the pressure go up in the tire, so that they couldn't get caught having lower than specified mm-hmm. tire pressures once the car took to the racetrack. That would allow the tire to, you know, to deflate just that little bit, pressures down, more tread on the racetrack, which can lead to better lap times. But uh, but who knows? But those are the kinds of things in Formula One that you get. They will think of the most extraordinary ideas to try to find that last ounce of performance. And <laughs> that may be what Mercedes was doing. You know, I want to... Th- one of the things that uh, you mentioned about the ambient air temperature in the earlier conversation uh, coming into the plenum, to me, if it's not an active uh, intercooler, for lack of a better term, cooling technology, that ambient uh, air temperature, I think let's go for it. Let them figure out some way without using an air com- you know, air conditioning compressor, if you will, or yeah. an intercooler or right. whatever. Which has been done in production yeah, cars. If it's not an active technology let's go for it because that's something my gosh you know i was coming back from hill country yesterday with ac full blast and yeah it i could just imagine having more power instead well that's yeah that's because you read you always want more power less come on (laughs) yeah exactly hey captain (laughs) scotty uh you know that the dodge hellcat did that they used the air conditioning system to put cold air into the engine instead of the passenger compartment well you know what until the driver passed out <laughs> yeah but but if you're like less you don't care you want turn that vent around put it in the engine don't put it in the passenger well i'll tell you in 1990 ran a little turbo svo four-cylinder that put the air conditioning through the intercooler it was a wet intercooler and they put it through it and were able to drop the ambient temperature down to like uh, I want to say it was around 28 degrees by the time it hit the combustion chamber. Okay, Ooh. in 1983, wow, I bought an alcohol injection system for a car that absolutely could not benefit from it. But I thought I'm going to try to squeak out the last little bit. It, all it did was make it smell like a brewery. As a <laughs> son, you've been drinking. Well, in 1912, I had a model tick now. <laughs> Uh, all right. We just have a couple minutes left in the show. What do we got that we want to, I had a couple of stories, but, um, will, will Ferrari bounce back next week, Bob? Ha. Um, 
No, they will try. They'll be, you know, where they are. They're, they're, they're fighting McLaren for that third place in the constructors championship. And I think that battle will go on, but you know, Monza is, is such a unique race. I mean, the temple of speed, flat out high revs all day, hard on the equipment, uh, nerve wracking for the drivers. Uh, I can't wait for it. It's going to be spectacular. Will Ferrari come through for the Tifosi? Um, you know, I just don't see it in the face of the display we saw from Red Bull and Mercedes today. I think you're right. I agree. I don't think this is their style of track this year. Mm-hmm. What else are you looking for next week, Jonathan? Well, the, the reason I pose that question is that that, that, that traditionally, and Bob knows this, uh, Ferrari do kind of turn up the wick for Monza. It's it's one of the one of the races where they always like to shine, want to shine, and want to give that to Fusi what they can. But I just don't think they can offer it this year. I just really don't think they're there. Um, and I agree. I think it's going to be it's going to be Mercedes against Red Bull again, and I think McLaren will come into play as well. All right. Well, gentlemen, um, let me give out some information. As, as you know, if you're listening now, we do our, our show every Sunday in the morning uh, for Formula One. We do the pre-show and the post-race show. But we also have uh, our and, – and our post-race show gets replayed on uh, local radio in Austin on Sunday nights. But we also occasionally will throw in a thing or two new there. But we also – in on non-F1 weekends, we do a regular show every Sunday night in Austin – and talking not not only about Formula One, a little bit like what we did tonight, today, but a little bit about everything. So every Sunday night at uh, 7 o'clock Central Time in Austin. And if you want to find out more, go to speedcitybroadcast.com. Follow us on social media. Lots of stuff during the week. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And if you've got questions, send them to us. Yeah, send them to us. through the website, through social media, whatever you want. Talk to you next Sunday. Hell, y'all. Happy trails. Cheers. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 